Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast. We're two seemingly meaningless people. Talk about very, not even less than meaningless things. Very meaningful things. I think. Go ahead. Go ahead, finish. Hi everybody. (laughs) Sorry. So let me get this straight. Mm -hmm. When you're supposed to come in, you don't. Mm -hmm. And when you're not supposed to come in, you do. Right. I feel like this is today's episode is about parables, <laughs> living parables. I think that's my purpose life. in life. My name is Chris. I'm Leslie. <laughs> so you just need to be thrown on you spur of the moment. That's what I've noticed you do. You just hit record. You like because if I don't, you get into that weird ritual that throws me off. I get nervous. Yeah, or something. yeah. So I just gotta rip the bandaid off and throw you, throw me in the pool. And you're such a people pleaser. You're such a people pleaser that you want to please the counting clock on your phone. <laughs> you're like, it's well, it's recording, so I gotta go. I can't, I can't say you're wait. Right. I'm like the people we saw in the video that don't let go of the rope. The guy, the guy holding onto oh, a rope. We saw a video of a guy wanting to. Skip skateboard behind a, a truck and which, they were which is just probably i wouldn't do that but if it's i did the things you do for the gram <laughs> uh and he got up and he was going fast and it was wobbling and he said slow down slow down but he, he never let go of the rope just let go of the rope buddy yeah and just i told go. i told chris that even he fell and the truck even drug him yeah for a little bit but he's still holding onto the rope yeah. like he's skiing thinking he can get back but that's up. what i would do i'd be like if you just if I was in that situation, I would... You're just like, I got to hold the rope. I yeah, can't let go. No. A lot of people are counting on me. <laughs> the The phone is, is counting rope. down. This rope is counting on me. I've got to gotta, gotta be a people pleaser. All right. So I did listen back to the last one, and I think you actually said the intro. You said, hopefully, less than meaningless things. Were two seemingly meaning... No, I think I said it wrong. Yeah. Oh. Well, you said hopefully less than meaningless. Yeah, which I, I don't know. I don't know what that means. Let's say that. Let's say it was right then. I feel like because I heard it and I was like, "Well, that's funny. I'm keeping it." <laughs> I feel like it was a word problem. <laughs> that's what it was. It was just very esoteric and deep that most like, people were probably like mind blown. Like, yeah, it was like math. So no. I was like trying to like I had to write it down. So meaningless, and then minus. No, I, it's like I told you, I was not surprised at okay. all that I said it wrong because <laughs> you were doing this weird facial voodoo over there, and I didn't know what to do. I was just going, what in the world? I just, I'm in my chair. This is my, I'm in the same position. She's in, this is your safe place. Well, it's my position that every night I kind of sink in here. I mm-hmm. got my favorite covers. We've got the fireplace on. So it's hard for me to, like, be... um Awesome. That's how you know when it's an electric fireplace. Have you ever noticed it? Uh-uh. What'd I say? We've got the fireplace on. Oh, yeah. Like when Zach and Chrissy, they they we they got do. a fire going. Right. We're like, we got the fireplace on. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't sound as noble an effort. My husband turned on a fire tonight. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. would we do you think we would light a fire every night if we hadn't? Too. No, but we have Zach. He would gladly light a fire mm-hmm. for us every night. He would come over and light it because Zach is the best. He's our neighbor and our an elder at our church and a, my bosom friend. <laughs> and he's from Heaven. the 1600s. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I don't know what the 1600s. I don't know. You can make him sound like a courtly lass. <laughs> uh, he's he's more of yeah yeah like a 1800s. Yeah, would be fine working. 
in the woods of the Northwest. Or totally. I could picture he's him. He's all like, he's like, he should be the catalog guy for Duluth Trading Company. Yeah. One, because they have bought enough Duluth for him to actually own the catalog. Mm-hmm. And two, because he, that's just his, he, that's the type of man that he is. Yep. So, yeah, and even when he works, he has on nice, he looks nice. And his Duluth yeah. clothes yeah. and his shirt's tucked in. And Podcast today is brought to you by <laughs> Duluth Trading Company. I'd like to dedicate this episode to Duluth because they do they do give good prizes. And they, they actually want a prize. They dress our neighbors. I mean, I don't shop there. But they want a prize. Remember when they did the Duluth Trading Company thing? And it was a total, it was an interesting picture contest because their picture was better than everybody's. And yet... Someone apparently just had more friends on Facebook. Yeah, because are... the pictures were not the other picture. The picture one was not. There's nothing fantastic about it at. Yeah. At all, but theirs was really good. Anyway, yeah. I'm not bitter, <laughs> but they got a nice duffel bag of it. <laughs> well, it's funny about that. Remember, like fourth place was really good. I think it was, and uh-huh. then fifth place. Yeah, was like, like it was like. When like the prize, yeah, mean. the prizes were like win two hundred dollars, and the next one like win a button-up shirt for every member of the family. Or yeah, well, and then it was like another gift prize of like, yeah. uh, well, no, then it was underwear or something like that, and then more money, and it was like, well, I don't want to get in the underwear category. <laughs> yeah, we were I tra- want to stay down here <laughs> we where I get money. Yeah, so we were actually not wanting them to win the duffel bag. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted them to get. Money. Duluth, call us. We we can help you with your photo contest. And your prize allotment. Yeah, there's a and, lot we yeah, need to work on. But that's but, okay. Yeah, we're good. All right. So, do you want to go ahead and get started? Maybe with some data, dedimications? Yeah, because I didn't really want to dedicate to Duluth. Yeah, with uh, we'll scratch it. Scratch. Yeah. I'd like to dedicate... You would like to amend? My mm-hmm. episode to ultrasound machines. Oh, like at night where the babies can sleep? Oh, <laughs> I was like, what? What? <laughs> Ultra. Ultra sound, sound machines. machines. Which is what Alexa is. and She's an ultrasound machine. That's right. Today we went to the doctor and we listened. They turned on an ultrasound and we found out that the baby is a... <gasps> baby! Oh, but- <laughs> A boy. It's a boy. <laughs> it's a boy. It's a boy. So that'll be... <laughs> how many boys do we have? We that'll four? be four it is boys. Four. We have four boys. Four boys and two girls. Yeah. Remember when it was one boy and two girls? Yes. And then wow. it was like, oh, now it's two and two. And it's like, oh, now it's three and two. And now it's like, oh my goodness, it's four and two. <laughs> I know. It does. I'm like all day. Leslie already said that her and the girls are going to start living in our bedroom and me and the boys can have the whole upstairs. I It'll think be like a, a great idea. Lord of the Flies scene up our there. Our bathroom and everything is the you wouldn't even You wouldn't even need to come upstairs. You no. would just hear. Yeah. We could fill up the closet yeah, with yeah. girly things. And then upstairs, we could you could just throw meats. Various yeah, meats up the staircase. <laughs> and there you just be this thrashing about yeah. and then silence. And for I a throw while. you like a can of Lysol wipes every yeah, so yeah. often. Or a, like a Lysol bomb <laughs> and some respirator masks and it'd be alright. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, we're kind of like I'm just processing it. Yeah. It's it's I was telling my mom, like, whichever way it would have been, it really there's a path to it, you know. Because I don't what know. What sort of guys... weird fortune could be? <laughs> I mean, whichever way. whichever way it is, there is a path to it. 
<laughs> what was that? I don't know. It was very confusing. <laughs> I have no idea. Did you, did you get that off of Oprah? What is <laughs> I was telling my mom that whichever way it is, there is a path to that place. <laughs> That's so profound <laughs> and deep. I, <laughs> oh, man. I didn't even know I said that. <clears throat> okay. Mm. So what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and now you're worried that no matter what you say. <laughs> well, okay, I don't know. Okay, if, yeah, I don't know go. if our listeners know this, but there is a there is a difference in the genders. <laughs> That's true. You know? So if it had been a girl, that's just a whole different track, like, of parenting. Of, oh, okay, okay, okay. Of shopping. Of, and even of what our future looks like. And life. Like. And, yeah. You yeah. know, and, and what we're raising this child to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, I don't know. I had pictured. You picture both when you don't know. Mm. And then when you do know. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, my goodness, we're going to raise another boy and all of the implications that come with that. Um, I feel, I don't know if you do, because you're a boy. I feel a heavier responsibility Mm. in raising a boy for some reason. Maybe because... You know, I was thinking about that. I was like, I I don't know which one I, I feel. It's funny that I was thinking that exact thing. And I don't know. Well, here's a boy. Yes. It's it's broken. Yes, you Oh, you want me to fix it? Okay, I'll fix it. We'll be right back. I'm gonna go fix it. Don't worry, Jack. There's a way. All right. So you Fixed. were you were thinking about? Yeah, I was thinking about which which one I would feel the most pressure. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't really think it all the way through. You know, I was distracted probably by something else. I was driving at the time, but. Yeah, it's interesting raising mm-hmm. a, a boy. I think one because of the role that the man will have mm-hmm. in the home, mm-hmm. in society, in the church body. Right. Um, there's just a lot of there's a lot of pressure because of the of that role, rightly right. so. And again, it's not to say that women don't have a significant role, or that yeah. any of those things, but their role is just is just different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, as you know, he's going to be leading his home. Mm-hmm. My my worries for the daughter were a little different, mm-hmm. you know, like who's going to be leading her exactly. home? Yeah, exactly. so it's just, it's just uh, so any, they're they're different, yeah. and I don't know which one I felt the most pressure about. Yeah, I know. Like it's... I pictured myself having to get on to my son mm-hmm. and I pictured myself having to kill someone for my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just different. Like, it's, That's how the, the outcomes might be like, Hey, yeah. don't be stupid. Yeah. Or he's gone, sweetie. Yeah. You'll, just don't I worry like about with it. With the girls. Um, I know, I feel like I know what a, you know, I know what a female mind is thinking mm-hmm. and how to deal with it. Don't know. If you I know do this, not know how the female. <laughs> I don't understand the male mind very mm-hmm. well. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's really funny, just even picturing any of our boys, like how, how getting them from where they even are now to, like you said, caring for a family. It's just do you, like do you know it's funny. You talk about the the male and female mind. Can uh-huh. I make a quit? Sure. In 
en route here without cutting out too much. Um, I have learned more about the female mind from scripture mm-hmm. than I have from hmm. knowing women or talking to women or hearing from women. And I want to say this, this is some good, like teaching from the word. You learn more about people and can be more confident about what you know. Yeah. If you like, I know that women will struggle with men being over them. Yes. I know that. I know women struggle with it. Why? Because yeah. Genesis 3 tells me, well, now what's funny is some of the things I know about women from scripture, women don't know about women. <laughs> right. Because they don't we'll believe anything. That yeah. They yeah. That we'll, we'll, because they won't believe what the scripture says. And the same thing for men. I can learn. Like if you go to Titus and you start learning about what should you teach young men? And, you know, it talks about self-control, mm-hmm. uh, that, that being the mm-hmm. thing, then mm-hmm. I, then all of a sudden that gives me an insight yeah. into what young men mm-hmm. might be struggling with. And the same thing with women. I feel like, you know what? I feel like a lot of women struggle with wanting to work at home that, it, that they don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, why do I feel that? Not because I have some weird or interesting sociological understanding of women or because I've talked to enough women or, you know, because of, of whatever, uh, or polling data, uh, mm-hmm. but because the Bible says that this is something that you should that you should teach to women, that's giving me insight into mm-hmm. something that women need yeah. to hear. In the same yeah. way that those things about men give me insight into what what men need to hear. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a. I mean, I think a lot of pastors pastors struggle with wanting to get rich off of pastoring mm-hmm. or wanting to, you know, domineer over their flock. How do I know that pastors want to do that? Because there's a warning in scripture to pastors about doing it. So I think mm-hmm. there's all sorts of things in our society about how you can't understand someone, one, unless you are that person. So yes. the only one who can understand a woman totally. is a woman. Not true. If, mm-hmm. if, if I know about women from the word and you deny what the Bible says about women in the word, I know more about women than you do. Mm-hmm. You're right. I totally, you're totally right. So, and that's true for other situations as well. Like what do people need to hear? Mm -hmm. What's, you know, as a, as a pastor, again, a lot of times it's, you're dealing with things and trying to comfort people in situations you haven't gone through. Mm -hmm. But if the word of God speaks to a situation or really just how to handle these situations just in general at all, uh, then, then I can know that this is what they need. I don't have to go to someone who's gone through it right. in order to understand. Yeah. The word gives me everything I need mm-hmm. to be competent, completely competent for every good work. And that includes understanding my flock, understanding my wife, understanding uh, you understanding your husband, me understanding how to raise a daughter, you understanding how to raise a son. Mm-hmm. You you are not hampered because you are not that thing. Right. Uh, you you might be hampered because you're not that thing, but you're not hindered because you have God's word that can that can overcome any sort of gap mm-hmm. that you might have by not having experience. In some ways, mm-hmm. you're not handicapped by defining things by your own experience. There is a handicap that comes with being a male. And being me, me, that wants to define what everyone else is going through by how either I feel or how I think I want to say that I feel. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we're, we will even color our feelings in a way that's not really true. Yeah. 
because we want it to be true, you know, like, oh, I never struggle with that. Or mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who think this when in reality, we don't know anybody but us who thinks that mm-hmm. um, like we've never really polled our yeah. friends about particular things. Like I, I know several people and really uh, I have really, lots of friends. We don't really that, have lots of friends. Yeah. It's like <laughs> you don't even you don't even have lot, enough friends to friends qualify for lots of friends. So <laughs> if ever I come up to you and say, listen, I talk to a lot of my friends. You can be like, stop right there, buddy. <laughs> Like, let's define a lot. I've been here all week. And always, always, it's always tempting when someone says that to yeah. go, who, who was it? <laughs> who did you talk to? Tell and me and see them. the, see the look on their face of, <laughs> it was really kind of a general. Yeah. It was general maybe statement. one person that said something. Okay. I read it on Facebook <laughs> by, it was shared by one of my friends. It was what one of their friends said, but they shared it. So I don't, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I would just encourage you. This That's is, good this is for, Parents and and spouses, God's word has enough for you to be competent for whatever you're wanting to do. Mm-hmm. You you do not need to uh, you, you do not need to be a man to understand your husband. You do not need to be a woman to understand your wife. You need to be a person of the word, mm-hmm. and God's word will give you as much understanding as you need to have to be a good husband or to be a good wife. Yeah. So don't believe the world when they try and tell you that you've got to be something in order to speak about something. Cause what they're really trying to do is the only people who can speak about things are the talking. people. Yeah. That's what that is. They it want is. you, they want you to quit talking mm-hmm. uh, because the only people who can actually speak about something are the ones who are all on the same side. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. And I will say just back to parenting, since I started reading my Bible seriously, like reading big chunks of it and, and knowing it better, I've been more confident in my parenting. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like I know better what to say to the kids and how to direct them. And I, I can spot things in them that are, you, you see in the Bible. Like, I can see where they're getting off the mark mm-hmm. of Scripture. And it's so easy to pull them back to it. It gives you, like, a this mm-hmm. perfect mm-hmm. guideline. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really does. It, it just gives you everything you need. Because when you start out, you feel, I remember when we, we're first parents. I just felt so unsure of myself mm. and I was looking for good parenting books. And when one, when one like a uh, book didn't quite work for a certain personality that we were raising, I would switch to a different book and a different technique. And since I started reading the word, I haven't needed a book. There's no need to switch. Yeah. There's no yeah, need to. It's, yeah. That's just a, little personal testimony. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. And the the more the more we're in God's word, I think we we begin to realize that the only reason those books filled the gap is because we were deficient in the word. Yeah. We didn't know we were Yeah. We didn't yeah, and it wasn't because of lack of experience. No. A lot of it was because of a lack of, lack of knowledge. knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let the wise seek wisdom. Yep. Yep. And it's so funny because, I mean, I already just said this, but I'll see one of the kids do something and I, like, for the boys, I know that's a self-control issue, you know, that he's having. I just, I just, I just read this in, in First Chronicles. Uh, let's see if I can pull it up. With so, the cat in your lap? Yeah. So, this is First Chronicles 28, 8. Now, therefore, in the sight of all Israel, the assembly of the Lord, and in the hearing of our God, observe and seek out all the commandments of the Lord your God. 
that you may possess this good land and leave it for an inheritance to your children after you mm. forever. So mm. observe it. The word there is actually guard. The idea is guard it, keep it, do it, uh, and then seek it out. Seek out to know. I mean, seek out what does God's word say? And I just, I just think that's a can be a really helpful thing in terms of parenting or anything. Just seek it in the word. Yeah. And sometimes a good book can help you do that. Like a good book can help you mm-hmm. coordinate. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, if you're lacking in Bible knowledge, the, the chance that you're going to sit down before your child's born and have read through enough scripture enough times to have grasped all the allusions to right. parenting. I mean, yeah. pretty slim. So a good book can be helpful in that it can do some of that legwork for you and have a basically a mature believer mm-hmm. do that. The key thing you can do though, is talk to your pastor. Mm-hmm. I would, I would say the first thing you should do, if you're worried about your insufficiency in an area, if you're worried about how to parent, if you're worried about what to be as a spouse, or you worried, I mean, go and talk to your pastors. Mm-hmm. Get to your, go to your elders and say, what does the Bible say about this? And then if they point you to some good books, if they like lay a foundation of the word and then say, hey, and here's a really good book to read. Mm-hmm. They're going to highlight some mm-hmm. of these passages. And that's a, that, can be, that can be useful. Mm-hmm. So I remember a book that I read. And loved, and it, it was about, it was really about using scripture to train your children. And mm-hmm. there was even in it, like, a, comp, a corresponding, like, uh, was like a, a quick guide. So if your kid is doing this, here's a scripture you can use. And here's, oh, yeah. But even that, it was helpful, but even more helpful has been... Like reading copious the, reading of God's word. Because he brings yeah. it to your mind. Yes. And and you if you're reading it with your kids, you can say, Hey, we just read about this yeah. in Proverbs yesterday. Yeah. Remember this. And um instead of me going and grabbing my guide and flipping through the pages and yeah. being like, You you sit on the stairs for a second. I need to look I up need to find the self control. Yeah. Where's the where's self control? So anyway, it's just it's been such a It is a, that is a that is a good tool to have. That's a good collection of verses to have, but mm-hmm. that is not the answer. You, yeah. Like someone else doing the legwork in the word. Yeah. I just um, cannot. Emphasize. And it's not, it's not you to think that there was just one verse on right. self-control, one verse on what, to, I mean, there are stories, I mean, stories about a subject mm-hmm. and multiple verses highlighting one shade of one particular struggle and one shade of one particular bless, like all of these things that are only going to be filled out through through multiple readings yeah. of God's word. And then you have the context mm-hmm. and and that's what sometimes I would even read the verse that And you'd go And I didn't really understand like uh-huh. I didn't have the understanding behind and it. I I read some of those verses and sometimes I read them and said I think in context, it's not really what this verse is talking about. <laughs> like I understand this is a good verse you can yeah. quote it and say but I don't know if if just, we're being totally honest with the word right now. I can't here. emphasize enough what you just said to read the word and like if you're a young parent don't know what you're doing the word is mm-hmm. your it's going to be a friend to you yeah and i would say <clears throat> and we we dealt with this and are dealing with this with with younger believers just in part of our the excitement of being a believer the first thing people want to do is go get books and start reading books mm-hmm. and i have to slow them down what are some good books for me to read and I'm like, Matthew, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. Ezekiel. Well, at least some of it. Yeah. Uh, some of it's going to blow your mind. <laughs> uh, yeah. And to, to say the, the thing you really need 
the foundation, and we're actually going to talk about this on, on Sunday. It's in the sermon on Sunday, but the foundation to, to make sure that the books you're reading are good books too, as Paul says to test the spirit or not Paul's John says to test spirits. Um, You've got to know the spirit. You've got to know God's word. You've got to know what you're testing it against. Uh, you might luck out and be grabbing a bunch of good books, or you might end up going to your local Christian bookstore and realize that most of the popular books are not great books. Uh, and so get in the word first. Get in it often. Read, 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 read. If you got time for other books, fine. Uh, but But make sure you're making time to get a lot of God's word in, especially if you're a, a new believer or new... Uh, in in any particular situation, just get in the word, get in the word, get in the word. Because not only is that going to be your training source, but it's also going to show that to God that you are recognizing that what you need is Him, mm-hmm. uh, not any sort of man's wisdom. But Lord, I'm observing and I'm seeking. I'm mm-hmm. doing both, and You promise that if I do that, like it said at the end mm-hmm. of that, You promise blessing to me and to my children. Yeah. If if I observe and I seek these out, and I'm wanting mm-hmm. to do what Your Word says, what I know that Your Word says, I'm wanting to do it. I'm observing. I'm keeping it, but I'm also seeking to know more. Mm-hmm. I want to know more. I'm I'm in it. So even as a pastor, I can't go. Well, I I know I know God's Word. Right. You know, I have to keep I have to keep reading and seeking and. Uh, and wanting to learn more and yeah, by yeah. his grace. And not surprisingly, I know mm-hmm. more and more every single day. Mm-hmm. So, and you grow in holiness. Oh, and stop. You do. You, you do. just, oh, thank you. You're, you're great. That's <laughs> what she told me today. She said, you're so nice to be. <laughs> I was like, well, it's been almost 15 years. So I figured it was time to start. You are. You're very, very nice. Oh, thank you. You're not bad yourself. Mm. We'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's your dedication? Oh, did we not? Did I not do a dedication? Well, we started talking about the baby, and then we talked about met, raising men, like raising boys. Raising Mitford? <laughs> um, I will dedicate. I didn't even think about my dedication because um, I was thinking about I was thinking about the baby. You can um, dedicate it to the baby. I could. That let's. This is an all baby episode. Yeah. I will throw in my hat on the baby. Uh, we love you, baby. Dedication. Yeah. Yep. This one's for you. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go, baby. <laughs> okay. So. Oh, I know. I'll dedicate mine to Joseph Silk. Ah. To steal from because I don't know if I mentioned his name in the abolition. I can't remember. Podcast. I feel like I did. Well, I texted him and told him that I. Yeah, he probably listened to it. Yeah. Well, he listens to all of them anyway. He was probably like, "No, you didn't say my name." Yeah, he probably got the. (laughs) He probably gathered the family around. Come on, everybody. (laughs) And then. Well, I want to add Kimberly. Oh, to Joseph and Kimberly Silk. Well, she is really probably more likely to listen than he is. (laughs) He's out working on a bike trail somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, he's the man behind. Uh, the SB 13 bill, which is the abolish abortion bill that we talked about in our last episode. And um, maybe making another trip to Oklahoma city this week. Cause it's the last week uh, that, that this bill can be heard uh, in committee before the final presentation of bills for before the floor. So anyway, I don't know. It's just, it's frustrating, but he's, he's doing super great down there. Doing good work. Yep. And the whole family, like, 
They've given yeah. up a lot yes. to try to save yes. babies. Yes, a lot politically, a lot emotionally, a lot everything in order to, to do this. So, yeah. Anyway, way to go. So this Joseph. one's for you guys, not, yeah. not the baby. Yeah. Not the baby. <laughs> Sorry, baby. Okay, so what did you want to talk about? Well, we, we've been talking a lot about self-guilt. <sighs> Why do I keep saying that? False guilt. Oh, false, false guilt. guilt. I was like, self guilt. What other <laughs> guilt on someone else? False guilt. That's a big thing yeah, for and... believers. What is false guilt? What would you say that false guilt is? Being. I always feeling... feel bad when I ask you these questions. Cause... <laughs> no, it's the path that you don't know. Yeah. Feeling guilty for something that you haven't done wrong. Yeah. Right? Yes, yes. Feeling be or being told you should feel guilt, I would say false guilt is, yeah, that feeling or even a call to repentance when there has been no scripture broken. Right. That's the false guilt. When someone else creates a rule for you or for others that... Yeah, you can can take that. You can play with it. Whoops. Yeah. Do you know what that is? It's an air pump. Yeah, okay. Take it to bed. He found a a ball air pump. Now we're staring at him. So, break number two. So, false guilt is that idea that you should feel bad when you haven't done anything wrong, Mm -hmm. but you should still feel bad. Yeah. And it's one of those things I was not really aware of. Like, Mm -hmm. I think you can go your whole life feeling bad, like trying to make people happy and trying to keep people from trying to keep conflict from happening. And, um, I, you know, you don't even realize that you're, you're living in just this, State of to- feeling bad, yeah, for everything all the time, yeah. None of which have you been disobedient to the Lord. Right. You've been disobedient to these standards that you've maybe set for yourself, yeah. or that the world has set for you, mm-hmm. or whatever, or that friends' emotions have yeah. somehow set for you. And so, just trying yeah. to keep people. I, however, due to my cold heartedness, have always been aware. Yeah, of- you're not. You're not. Struggling with this. No, I always go, that's not a sin. Yeah. You don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> Have yeah. you done anything wrong? Well, no. Well, then why yeah. would you feel bad? <laughs> and I, it's really funny because it is a lot of times a, a personality thing. And even one of our kids just profusely apologizes all the time. Oh, and yeah. for things he hasn't done wrong. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're always telling I'm sorry. him. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, yeah. listen, you don't need to apologize. Yeah. You... You know, we we're not mad at you. You're not in trouble. <laughs> yeah, and I think what's funny is society's trying to lay some false guilt on us, isn't it? Yeah. Um, with social justice things, mm-hmm. or you know, golly, the the apologizing for whiteness, mm-hmm. or like you know, repenting. Uh, and this, I and mean, men 
men being apologizing for, for their masculinity. Yeah. yeah. Their toxic masculinity that they bring into situations yeah. like men, you need to realize that when you come into the church and you speak, you're spewing your toxic masculinity. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, whatever it's, it's all tied up in that, in that social justice mm-hmm. sort of, sort of world, mm-hmm. uh, which is not always biblical justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you have a, the Bible does speak of a social justice, a justice that affects society. But if that is not biblical and driven by the gospel, then it's meaningless. Mm-hmm. And if it's, if it's calling you to repent of that, which is not sin, it's actually an anti-gospel. Mm-hmm. It, it's actually taking away from true change and uh, true repentance, which could actually be the change that they say they want uh, to to have happen. So yeah, there's there's a lot of false guilt, which leads to silencing and, yes. uh, and both them wanting you to be silent because you're guilty of what yeah. of just being a man. Which goes back to what we we talked about, you know, mm-hmm. like you can't speak to this, and that's that false guilt. Yeah, there. you can't is. speak to it as a man because you're you're not a woman, right? So when we were at the abortion rally. You know, they said it. You have no voice. You are not a woman. You can't talk. Mm-hmm. Which obviously they didn't say to any of their male friends who were protesting. <laughs> uh, but you know, they didn't. Just, the male the male protesters didn't just stand there in silence and say, "I wish I could, I could I can't speak." I'm, right. I'm not a, a woman. Yeah, I don't have a fetus. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a, a uterus. <laughs> so yeah, they. That, that sort of false guilt is out there. And if Christians are it's careful, everywhere. if Christians aren't careful, they'll feel it and they'll oh, silence themselves. There were years, like I think especially when I was blogging and my audience became more than my family and friends. Mm-hmm. And I started getting feedback. Plug for Mrs. Gore's diary. <laughs> yeah, which I don't really blog much anymore, but... I still tell stories on Facebook. Haven't done babies. (laughs) But but just, you would hear so many opinions and and people saying things like this. And I had no idea. Like, I had no frame of reference for for that sort of thing. And uh, I, I remember feeling, like, really stilted by that and, like, handicapped. Like, oh, I don't want to hurt. Mm-hmm people's feelings so i need to and then you end up um what's that word you give qualification oh yeah yeah you qualify everything what i don't know what you're yeah for everything yeah in case i even saw one day someone wrote an article at desiring god for um i think it was specifically for men who are battling depression and the some of the comments were like, well, women feel depressed too. Yeah. <laughs> or pastors battling depression. Not everyone's a pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Just you, like there's and you so do, much. You do feel that. For example, and people mm-hmm. feed on this. They don't think about this. Like when you're doing a Mother's Day sermon. Yes. And they're like, think about the people. Think of all the things that people say. Think about the people who've lost their mother. Yes. And so you're giving a Mother's Day sermon. You may want to think about whether or not you do that. Because what if someone... Has it's not even recently sermon. lost their mother. It's like, don't even mention Mother's Day. Don't even Mother's mention Day. Mother's Day. Yeah, yeah. Because someone may have lost their mother 20 years ago, 20 days ago, or 20 years ago. You don't know how they're coping with it. Or someone might not be able to be a mother. Mm-hmm. You know, infertility is a thing. Singleness is a thing. Mm-hmm. You're going to do, and it's like, oh man, should I feel bad for that? Yeah. No. 
you might you might should maybe feel bad that you're doing a special sermon on Mother's Day uh, about mothers instead of just preaching the word. That's a whole other issue. That one I can give you scripturally, but but the idea that that you should feel bad for that. Now, if if someone says that and you're like, yeah, I really can't stand single people, mm-hmm. then you should feel bad for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, or if you go, you know what? I never think about the infertile. You should yeah. probably go, ooh. I should think about the the infertile. Well, maybe I could talk about that. But that's even that doesn't mean you don't talk about mothers. Or that you have to feel. Because you know who knows about infertility? God. You know who knows about singleness? God. You know who still talks about mothers? God. So if those were issues that should silence you on a subject, then God wouldn't have spoken of them in his word. Uh, but he speaks on those things and, and the other things as well. So... You know, those are all, that sort of false guilt is out there, even in the Christian world. And I would say there are two ways Mm -hmm. that you see false guilt normally played out. One is from the secular world. It's a false guilt based on a law that is not a, that just has no desire to be biblical whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So they create these laws, these uh, expectations of you. They're not coming from a biblical Mm -hmm. worldview at all and Mm -hmm. then trying to hold you to that. And so then you feel like you've got to say or speak or make the person whose very life is lived in rebellion to God's word, that you've got to somehow make them comfortable with what you say. Mm-hmm. If they're comfortable with what you say, then you're probably saying the wrong thing. Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians that your word is going to be the smell of death to them. Mm-hmm. So so just recognize that. There's that false guilt that you've got the secular world out there, the lost world, in rebellion to God. So they're rebelling against God and and... And you're trying to live at peace with them. And you're trying to make sure you say things that are comfortable to them. That That's not going to work out. Mm-hmm. Because their law is not law. So you don't want to, you can't repent based right. on their law because their law is lawless. Mm-hmm. The other is in the Christian world where people add on to scripture yes. these expectations <laughs> of people that they can't really back up with specific biblical texts. We call this like, you know, principles. <laughs> this principle is in scripture. Well, but the thing ain't, you know, <laughs> and I can see this verse telling me to do this. I don't see your principle. I don't have to agree with your principle. I do have to agree with God's word. And you actually see this mentioned several times in scripture's warnings. Jesus talks about it when he talks about the, the, the Pharisees and the lawyers who were uh, creating these new burdens, these new yokes upon the necks of the people mm-hmm. that were beyond what God's word was calling them to, you know, burdens that they weren't even keeping themselves, Jesus says. Uh, and those burdens were actually, Jesus says, keeping them from from the gospel, keeping them from understanding, you know, just God's word uh, in general. You've got the same thing uh, Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians when he talks about those who go beyond the word, um, you know, that, that no one would go beyond the word in First Corinthians 4. So, so these sorts of things are, are there um, where, where Christians take maybe a truth from God's word and then go beyond mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and make a new law mm-hmm. that they then expect from others and that they hold you to. Yeah. And then so then when they say, you know what, I don't think you should be doing this. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually going to hold you accountable if you do. And maybe even ask you to repent of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can't repent of that. In fact, it'd be wrong of me to repent. Because if I repented of your fake law, not only would my repentance be false, who am I repenting to? I'm not repenting to God because God didn't tell me to do it. So I haven't sinned against the Lord. The only person I've sinned against is you. So that's teaching two bad things. One is teaching me that my relationship with you 
is the most it, the one that I can repent to you at all. Right. Uh, and and two, it's actually you know can confirm in your mind that what you're doing is okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not like you can have ideas. You can say, you know what? Let's. T- I think if I applied this, this could be a- applicable in this way. But the big word in that is could, mm-hmm. could be, not necessarily is. Right. Uh, and so, it's those sorts of expectations that you have to make sure that now. And this is this is good for us to remember for ourselves that you have to make sure one that you don't listen to when people hold you to them. In fact, you have a responsibility not to listen to those. Mm -hmm. Maybe listen to them. Maybe take them. You know, you're not ignoring what the person is saying. They could have, they could have some, uh, yeah, they could have some, we'll say wisdom in that. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is no, there is no obligation Mm -hmm. to it. And so therefore nothing to repent of. The other thing is don't be that person. Don't be the person who is always making new rules for people. Yeah. Normally based on your own failings. Right. And most of the new rules people come up with are things they've had to put in place in their heart based on their typical failings that they then project onto other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, or it often has to do with our personality traits. Mm-hmm. My yes. personality is like yes. this. And so I kind of think everybody should be like me. Right. Uh, and so I, I don't like it when people do this. That's huge. So because of my personality. Yes. Uh, and so then I make that the law that is basically saying not everyone should be like God. Everyone should be like me. Right. And that's where it gets dangerous because what you're doing, if you give into that, is you're helping. And you know, I hate it. I hate saying, I hate talking about idolatry uh-huh. because in the Bible, idolatry always involves actual idols. Uh-huh. Uh, but that you, you can, you can actually help them turn themselves into an idol, mm-hmm. you know, where they are in the sense that all their they're, ideas. they're saying you to be godly is yeah. to look like me, yeah. not in terms of Paul's imitate me as I imitate Christ, but imitate me mm-hmm. and my personality, mm-hmm. my personality. Yes. And that's where you can get into that's some. That's so funny because I was just over here just writing down a few things that came to my mind mm-hmm. where people do this. And I think all three applied exactly what you were just saying, oh, that it can be just your personality. Like just a few things like that you, you hear people talking about that. Then you think, oh, should I not be doing that? You know, should oh, yeah. we, you know, am I wrong to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, but the way we celebrate holidays, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone celebrates them different. They do. And, and as long as you're not breaking any scriptural command, mm-hmm. then Feel no qualms. Right. And you can get really intimidated when someone else does it different and they might make you feel like. Yeah. Anytime, anytime anybody does it, just realize the Puritans didn't celebrate any holidays. (laughs) (laughs) So it'd be like, well, at least. Yeah. The Puritans wouldn't even do what you're doing. So, uh, yeah. Um, and I, I thought about there, it. there are all sorts of what you're, what it is, is going to be any situation that the Bible doesn't give you specific guidelines on is going to be open to application. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say interpretation because we're preaching through Second Peter chapter uh, 2, or end of chapter 1 and end of chapter 2, uh, where the interpretation is from the Lord. But, but the application of those things mm-hmm. is very much up for disagreement. Yes. But it, and it has to be Christian disagreement. Both sides have to realize that Scripture has not... You have to look, has Scripture spoken clearly? So you can't go into it just assuming that Scripture hasn't, because you may not know. Right. So if you see that Scripture does, then you need to have the humility to say, I've got to obey Scripture. Mm-hmm. I might have set this tradition yes. in my own life, 
And you know what? Scripture tears that tradition down. Mm -hmm. The other side of that has to be honest enough to say, you know what? I like doing it this way. Or I don't like that they do it this way, but you know what? Scripture doesn't say they can't. Right. And so, in that case, in that case, they have to be humble enough. To, they have to be right? humble enough. Well, I don't know about saying well, it. it's none of your business. <laughs> no, but but you have to be humble enough to say, you know, they're free <laughs> right. to celebrate it and according to their I mean, conscience. Like, you yeah. have to. According have to their know. conscience is a nicer way of saying <laughs> none your business. <laughs> the theological term, the Greek is mind your beeswax. Okay. It's true. This is, this is, don't just proclaim it's true. It's true. Uh, but it is, it is not. Okay. So let me, okay, go. Well, like if you, we are, we are keeping watch on each other. We want to make sure that our brothers and sisters aren't falling into sin. Mm -hmm. If they're not, it's none of our business how they spend their holidays. Like yeah. if there's no sin, it's not. You should just business. glory like, that they're spending their holidays as a family, enjoy a celebration. Or how they spend their money. Like, yeah, if they yeah. spend their money, like, their they're extra money in different ways than we do. Which, Good. again, most people who worry about how you spend your money are people who are probably not tithing. <laughs> you know, it's people who struggle with money. And yeah. so then they're just talking they're just about how everyone needs to spend their money. Because yeah. uh, in reality, it's a mirror onto their own soul yeah. saying, you know, you know, you don't, uh, don't whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, good. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say more working through your none of your business stuff, but we'll leave that for a later episode. Maybe when we stop this, we'll talk a, a little bit about how it is kind of your business. If there's a good way to make it your business, right. it's not something that you need to go into their family room and say you shouldn't yeah. do it this way. Right? You're not. We're not going to each other's houses. And it is good. It is good. And everything. it is good to have differences in how you parent even yeah. and how you do things. Yeah. And that's okay. It's awkward. It's always weird when, when, you know, one family won't let their kids do this. Another family does. But you know what? That's fine. Uh -huh. No one is hindered spiritually or hurt spiritually by differences in parenting. And, and that, that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. You don't have to model each other's uh, parenting mm -hmm. in in any sort of thing. And it's it's fine. It's even good for us to not be matchy-matchy in mm -hmm. the things that aren't biblical. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if we were matchy-matchy in the sort of non-biblical things, I'm not saying unbiblical, not anti-biblical, yeah. the things just aren't in Scripture, then we go, why are we, why are we all alike in this? Yeah. Like, what are the odds that we all do this. Right, right. The exact same way. And then we might go, are we just modeling each other? Right. Like, are we just trying to have that conformity? But when there's a difference and it's like, you know what, we're different, but mm -hmm. substantively, like where we come from is God's word mm -hmm. and God's word hadn't spoken on this. So you're free. Right. You and know, really I can't get mad at you for not letting your kids do this. And you can't get mad at me for me letting my kids do this. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because God's word doesn't say. Mm -hmm. You know what I do know? I know you love the word and I know you love me. Mm -hmm. And the key on any of those, you, you know, you mentioned, you know, we're keeping watch on each other. If you're worried about something, I mean, that's the role of pastors. If you're worried and you're, it's not a sin, so you're just worried about it. Is this something I should be concerned about? If it's a sin, then the scripture tells you you should go to them one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. and address it. If you've seen them sin, meaning you can go to a text, say, this is what this, is what this text says you're supposed to do. You're not doing it. Mm -hmm. Again, not your principle, not saying, I think this is going, or, the Bible says you should do this. I think that includes this. Mm -hmm. 
You know, there's the different, that's the second step. That's the one you can't take. Mm -hmm. And so then I expect you to do this, not what the Bible said, but what I have, the the third and fourth level that I've applied to that biblical text. Uh, If you're, if you're worried about something, go to your pastors and say, Hey, you know, I'm, how should I feel about this? Mm-hmm. Because you know who's really keeping watch over their souls? Mm-hmm. The pastors. Right. That, that's whose job it is to keep watch over. It's not your job to keep watch over their souls. Because it's none your business. Because it's none your business. <laughs> and the pastors might tell you that because there might be things going on that you have no idea about. Right. Exactly. And they might say, hey, I'm glad that you're concerned, but right now it's none your business. <laughs> uh, because they may know what is going on that you've got no idea and that you shouldn't know. You don't, you, trust me, you don't even want to know. Uh, yeah, so, it's broken again? I'll fix it. We've got to get better equipment around here, people. (laughs) We'll be right back. All right. So, yeah, false guilt, don't give in to it. Mm -hmm. And then certainly don't hold others to a guilt that is not a guilt they should feel. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I've been, as I've become more aware of it, just thinking to raise our children up to know the difference mm-hmm. in these things. And cause it can get really hard when you're growing up and you have friends and they might be emotionally manipulative and just to teach your kids how to handle these things. Yeah. And that, that it's natural and it's a, it's a normal sort of that we're all not mm-hmm. the same and even a natural temptation for people to, to have even believers. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's those sorts of things can be good mm-hmm. for people to to recognize yeah, and it's because just, the world's calling you to false guilt, and even your Christian brothers and sisters can call you call, call you to false guilt, and it's not good for anybody for you to give into that. Right, and just know the word. Yeah, and I think it's clear we're not talking about being prideful. No, no, this is not. It, it's not about being prideful. But it's, it's about walking in freedom and not anxiety, like. Mm-hmm. You it's, know what I mean? Yes, it's it's stewardship of the word mm-hmm. done in faith. Our job is to steward the word, not to go beyond it, not to pull up short of it, to live according to the word. And mm-hmm. the word, it's ultimately about the sufficiency of God's word. Mm-hmm. God's word says everything that we need. We don't need anything more. We certainly don't need anything less. So if we're all living in that sufficiency, mm-hmm. then your life is fine. Mm-hmm. If If you're not openly disobeying any scripture... Then right. you're okay. Right. And they might, you're like, it might even, someone might say that this is a wisdom issue. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which that, I mean, you know how I feel about that. That's a, that's a tricky thing. Right. Because one, what does, what is wisdom? Wisdom is God's word. Right. So, but that's also how we use the word wisdom. Right. And I always like to say it's an application issue. Yeah. Or it's a preferential this issue. an idea I had. But, but, but it's funny. I, I mean, sometimes it. it actually is. You're saying, I just think this is, we're just trying to be wise here. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I just don't want to be foolish or I don't want to be naive. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that you can say things like that and that can be, that can be yes, true. Yes, totally. But when you say it's a, when someone comes to you and says, I think it's a wisdom issue, then it sat that if it's not God's word, then it's then it's not actually a wisdom issue because all wisdom is right. found in and God's you word. You can walk away from that thinking, Am I being and, unwise? Yeah, and so you got to be careful when you say, Yeah, it's a wisdom issue because the implication might be that 
I know God, if you knew God's word as well as I knew God's word, you'd be on my side. Yeah. And, and you, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, but that is a, that's funny. That's a common way. Yeah. And it's it. just, I, I'm becoming more aware of these things and it's just helping me to be less apologetic, less intimidated, mm-hmm. less anxious, and to just trust, trust in my walk with the Lord. Trust in what, you, like yeah, you trust said. Your, trust your elders. Yes, trusting you yes. and your if decisions if your elders for our and your husbands and, or whatever are, are good, then then you're good. And if right. you're concerned, if someone comes to you and says, you know, I think you should be doing this and this, and you feel pulled you toward say, guilt, no, you say, none of your business. <laughs> no, you, you can go to your pastors and yeah. say, you know, they said this. Uh-huh. Because what's that? What If you don't. If you don't tell your pastors, mm-hmm. be it one, be a tattletale. This is your business, pastors. Because <laughs> if you don't, if you don't tell your pastors, there are two things going on. One, you're being tempted to false guilt, which will not be good for you. Mm-hmm. You're feeling a guilt, and you're going to repent, not because of something the Lord said, but because something someone and else said. And you're trying to keep people. And happy. you're trying to be. You're 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 fearing man rather than God, because mm-hmm. God has not spoken. Only the man has. Uh, the other thing is this other person in the church is creating false standards, Mm -hmm. which the Bible multiple times talks about the danger of that, that this is something false teachers will want to do, that this is something that causes division Mm -hmm. in the church. This is something the, the, the Pharisees and the lawgivers did Mm -hmm. in the intertestamental period and in the first century Judaism. This this is a real problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so even well-intentioned people can be guilty of that. And mm-hmm. if you don't let the pastor know, who knows what sort of edifices this person can be building up and requiring other people and feeling a certain way about other people, not because of how other people are living the scripture, but how other people are living according to the standard that they've set up for them that is not the scripture and that these other people can never meet because they can't ever read it. Mm-hmm. Because it's just in that person's head and heart. Right. So you can have a person in the church who is just judging everyone and no one knows because there's no scripture. Right. To show them that they're being judged. There's no scripture for them to know, you know what, I'm breaking this and everybody knows. You know, you're breaking a law that no one else even knows about. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it's good. If someone, mm-hmm. look, if someone in your church is holding mm-hmm. you to a standard that is not the Bible standard Tell your pastors, mm-hmm. because that can be a very dangerous situation for them, for the church, for you, for them, because the Bible is going to tell them what to do, uh, what the pastors are supposed to do. First Timothy chapter four talks about this. Um, so anyway. Yeah. And I think also in your parenting to make a clear differentiation between God's law and that like this is what. Yeah. Our family. Which is always funny. Like, Paul even did that, right? In some of his letters, he was like, now this is from this is from me, not from uh-huh. God. And it's like, but now it's in the letter, Paul. So it kind of is from God. <laughs> now we have but to he, do it. at that time, uh-huh. he was saying, right. look, this is me. Mm-hmm. You know, so apparently he didn't have some understanding of that this was going to be mm-hmm. necessarily, this is apostolic statement here. Uh, but... He he's recognizing, hey, you know, I can't hold you to this like I can hold you to the other scripture. Do not murder. So if Paul can say, this isn't this isn't really from the word. This is from me. If mm-hmm. Paul has to make those statements, sometimes it's good for us to say. Even if yeah. it's like, hey, you know, this doesn't. And you know, and the temptation is 
to have a preference and twist a Bible yeah. verse into your preference. And don't do that either. No. Don't do that. Don't take any of God's word it's- and treat it like like plastic. It, it, in fact, if you look at Second Second Peter chapter two verse, uh, it's either the end of verse two or start of verse three. It says that these these false teachers come and they they with with greed and they deceive you with these uh, with these false words. That word for false is plastics, which is where we get the word plastic. They mold the word to fit their teaching. Mm. And that's what you don't want to do. You want the word to mold you. Mm-hmm. You don't want to mold it. To, so you come in thinking, I want kids like this. I want a home like this. Mm-hmm. I want holidays like this. I, and then you mold the word. So I'm going to say God said. God said. And even maybe try and find verses yeah. that you can then mold to that stance. Yeah, false guilt, very real thing. Yeah. And so we hope that that is able to help save you from some false guilt, some uh, both from the world, because the world's going to heap false guilt on you. It's heaping false guilt on Christians for the way they make people feel when Christians come out and say, hey, the Bible says this is a sin, and it would be false of us to say it doesn't say that. Um, so the world will heap this false guilt on you and make you go, ugh, should I change what I believe? Should I, uh, you know, blunt the gospel's call to repentance and faith and to run from your sin? Or, you know, sometimes you get this false guilt from within the church. People are holding you to a standard that you don't really see in the Word, and they're not really showing you from the Word, but you don't want to make them upset. Well, you know, the best thing you could actually do for them is tell them none of your business. (laughs) It's It's to just recognize what might be going on in their heart. Then, instead of feeling bad, you might actually just feel bad for them because mm-hmm. they're the ones actually dealing with something. It's actually not you. It's them. Mm-hmm. So you can breathe a sigh of relief whew, uh, instead of repenting. Uh, and you can breathe a sigh of relief, and then you can go fight for your brother. Mm-hmm. You can go fight for them uh, instead of just letting them build up these, these false edifices uh, that will actually you know, hinder their own view of God's word. Mm-hmm. So we hope that's helpful to you guys. Um, right now, though, I think it's time for your mystery salad. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I really had a hard time thinking. Yeah, one. we sat for like 10 minutes before we hit the record <laughs> button. And she was like, I can't do it. I can't think of anything. And I was like, just do it on the fly because we're already set up. I'm getting sleepy. Yeah, I'm hungry. Again? Yes. Very. It's the boy. Yes, the boy wants food. Um, I was just wondering if you ever won any contests ever in your life as a child. Did you ever win a contest of any sort? Well, now that I think about it, no. (laughs) I did. That's really sad. I don't think I've ever won anything. Are you serious? No, yeah, I've won contests. Oh, tell me. Tell me. I've won spelling bees. Like you won the spelling bee? Well, not... Not like the no, national, I know, not the like national. at our school. You did, yeah. I won. You won? I won. What uh, did you win? I don't know. I don't know what I won. I misspelled the word "ren," which I'd never heard of. Oh, you put the W? No, I just said R E N, and I was devastated. I went straight to the bathroom. And went into a stall and just cried. I remember Mm. my teacher came and found me. And you know when you're a kid and you notice like 
an adult is kind of trying not to smile, mm-hmm. but you don't know why. Mm-hmm. And now I realize she was probably like, oh. <laughs> she probably hated you and was No, glad you she lost. was, it was yeah, like. Yeah, she knew. Oh. No. Yeah. It was like, oh, this isn't the end of the world, you mm-hmm. know. But I want a dictionary set even at that. You want a dictionary set? Yeah. I still have it. That's it was weird. like a black, it was like a five volume little set. So mm-hmm. pretty with gold embossing mm-hmm. and gold, uh, like gold leaf on the, no. the, uh, paper. I never wanted anything like that. Well, I just won scholarships. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. You won. Free money. You won go to all the scholarships. <laughs> Which I will take over a dictionary. And seminary, said. right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't. Get a lot of stuff. Which is why, if you want your kids to invest in tutors, (laughs) not trainers. (laughs) You want your kid to be paid to go to college, it's a whole lot easier for them to get in academically than athletically. Yeah. Especially if they're not. Now, if your kid's six foot five, we can talk of it being maybe equal. But if they ain't. You're wasting your money putting it on athletics because you got, I mean, smart, the smart money is on academics. There's all sorts of money for academics. Only they even set scholarship limits mm-hmm. for athletics. So anyway. So is that, that's all you, any of All of my items? stuff was, yeah, yeah, academic academic stuff. Yeah. I won a coloring contest once in a newspaper. Really? Yeah. Oh. I've seen you so color. Excited. I don't think I don't believe I don't believe this story. It was just a coloring sheet. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. It took really not much talent, but I was so happy. And I re- I won an advertising contest. I won a grade. the I scored the highest on some state geography test when I was in elementary school. I got first place in the state on geography. I got first place in the state on a paper once. Really? Uh huh. And I wish I could find that paper and see what it was about. Huh? Yeah. We're just we're Probably really about smart. Migration of the I. wrens. <laughs> I colored something. Yeah. <laughs> but then I, I sure went, got a lot of trophies though. Then I went to college and I've got never a lot, won anything a again. A lot of trophies. <laughs> a lot of trophies. <laughs> yeah. I don't have. Any trophies? I won outstanding Old Testament scholar in college. In college? Yeah. I won nothing in college. I went from small town, top of the heap, to like... Just a heap. Just nothing. (laughs) Nobody even noticed me. (laughs) Except, except for all the nerds in my Greek classes. Because you're the only girl in there. I know. I feel like I've talked about that before. That might be... I don't think you have. Have you talked about that? (laughs) On the podcast? That's a source of pride. Yeah. Yeah. Sad source of pride in my life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We hope you enjoyed that. Hope it was a help. Hopefully you don't think it was less than meaningless. Um, Hopefully it doesn't make you feel guilty for all the the false guilt that you're carrying. Or the false guilt that you had. Maybe you've got real guilt over all the false guilt you've been holding other people to. Next time we'll talk about handling that you can handle your guilt quickly. Yeah. Real guilt. Real guilt. Reconciliation. Move on. Move on. Okay. Yeah. So if you enjoyed it, uh, please let us know. Click like, share this, whatever you got to do. The reason we encourage you to share is not to get our numbers up, although that's always nice. 
But we want to get as much of God's word out there as we can. This world is filled with false guilt. Uh, this world is filled with false messages. And you know what? Your friends need to hear some good stuff. So if you thought in any way that this was even somewhat meaningful, just go ahead and share it uh, and let your friends hear. Uh, and we'll just continue talking about God's word together. All right. Well, for Leslie and Chris and the baby boy, good night. Good night.